Welcome back to Hard to Say. We've had a mini hiatus, lots of summer trips, but we're back for episode four. We're doing another 2000s rewatch, um, which we know you guys love and we love to do. And we're doing one of my personal favorites. I actually don't know, Deborah, if this is one of your favorites. It I know you not. like it. I, I oh, do like oh, it. Wow. <laughs> it, is, it is not one of my favorites. I will like I'll reserve my comments for our, this episode, but we'll we'll discuss. We'll discuss. There's okay. a lot to say. This might be a battle. This is one of my favorites. I do love Amanda Bynes. Um, so oh, I also we love haven't Amanda even said Bynes. what it is. Totally nothing about her. <laughs> <laughs> Intriguing. Okay, okay. We'll get to those thoughts. Um, but our I think this is our third movie rewatch, and it's on She's the Man, which came out I want to say in two thousand six. Is that right, Deborah? Yes, I'm pretty sure. Yes, it was two thousand six, not two thousand five. Okay, that's what I thought. Um, and She's the Man is a modern day 2000s remake of Shakespeare's Twelfth Night. I actually didn't realize on this rewatch as I was running through how many references there are to Twelfth Night that just went over my head as a teenager. <laughs> oh, totally. And one thing I will say for our loyal listeners is that we're toying with the idea of doing a series on Shakespeare remakes. So if that's something that you're interested in listening to, let us know. We do love a Shakespeare remake, I do have to say. Um, but yeah, she's a man. What are your overall impressions, Deborah? So you don't like the movie? I personally oh, love no, the no, movie. No, no, no. I, I didn't say that. <laughs> I, I, I will say it ha I haven't actually seen this movie in some time. And I do think my impression of it has sort of changed since the early 2000s. But I, I, I did think it was a really enjoyable watch. Um, and I have a lot to say. I, you know, I have to say on rewatching it, I do think I knew almost every single iconic line. Um, I had forgotten how good Amanda Bynes is on the screen. Like she's amazing and she is the reason this movie is so good. Truly, I think, I think if she had had stayed on our screens, I bet she'd be in the same place as, as like a Hillary Duff right now, or maybe I was larger. Literally yeah. thinking about that exact reference. I I was like, Hillary Duff, she's gonna say that. Yeah, but honestly, like Okay, I love Hilary Duff, so I'll preface by saying that. But I actually think Amanda Bynes is an amazing actress. Hilary Duff, spotty, but lovable. I think Amanda Bynes actually just has that comedic timing, that humor. Her expressions are so good and so awkward. And again, they're what's making the movie. I was actually thinking about this when I was running through the casting list, but I was like, this movie is made by Amanda Bynes and Amanda Bynes alone, even though, I mean, I love a 2000s Channing Tatum. <laughs> Totally, totally. I will actually say, as I was rewatching this, I've rewatched What a Girl Wants more recently than this movie. I'd say within the last year or two, and I actually think that movie is way better. Am I wrong? Um, okay, I haven't rewatched that in a while, and I love What a Girl Wants, but I think I've actually watched What a Girl Wants more times. Um. I don't know which one I like better. I think they're different, but the fact that Colin Firth is in What a Girl Wants is like sort of like a tough, it, they just have a, What a Girl Wants just has a better cast. I'll say that. Totally agree with your comment about Colin Firth. Maybe that's why I like 
what a girl wants way better than this movie however i do think they each have their own merits and maybe we'll follow up this episode with a rewatch of what a girl wants because i love that movie it's such a good movie i i have to agree it's such a good movie um really quickly overall impressions before we get into chatting through casting since we've already started chatting through that a bit totally i you know so interestingly what has really held up for me and i'm totally skipping to the part where we talk about what's held up versus not held up here is um the soundtrack i was loving that while i was oh watching my gosh it. i think there are so many great uses of some great early 2000 songs in this movie i thought i did feel really nostalgic while i was watching it totally agree with you that amanda Bynes is head and shoulders above everyone else in this movie um and it it felt really nostalgic i actually when i was sort of listening to and watching the dreamworks intro with the music and the graphics um it reminded me of shrek this track also was mm. produced by DreamWorks around, I think around the same time. And maybe we should do an episode on that. If you want to hear that, let us know. Um, but it's sort of in that same sort of DreamWorks era for me. Interesting. I would have never connected this movie to Shrek. Like, do you not mean that by there's the... a not that there's a connection, just that <laughs> I felt this. This is our just thesis. That I, I felt nostalgic. <laughs> just that I felt nostalgic when I was watching the DreamWorks logo, and that's what came to mind. And I that's also another movie with a great soundtrack. I will say a better soundtrack than this one that I would love to rewatch with you. Yeah, Shrek has an amazing soundtrack. But you're so right. I was smiling because I went on a run this morning and. I, I watched She's the Man just yesterday, so I'm really fresh on this, but I was playing the She's the Man soundtrack because it's yes, so Hannah. Oh my gosh, good. yes. I've been it's walking. It's so good. Totally. I've been playing it while I've been walking around this week. It's so good. And it's so funny too that I probably haven't watched this movie in at least two years, and I still knew all of the words in the clips the movie played. But I totally agree. I think the soundtrack is such a stand standout. Um, yeah, my, my biggest overall impression was just Amanda Bynes is so amazing. <laughs> I actually think her humor is, in. I guess because we were talking about what a girl wants, I think her humor is shown better in this movie and the jokes in this movie versus what a girl wants which i think is much more like sentimental like this yeah has a little bit of sentiment but it's it's really just sort of like a comedy of errors with a focus on comedy you know and it is just so perfectly suited for her and her sense of humor and who she makes this character which is just who i imagine amanda Bynes to be i have to be honest <laughs> like i'm like this is her personality <laughs> totally i agree so just some quick uh, facts before we get into the meat of this episode. But as Hannah said, this movie was made in 2006 and was directed by Andy Finkman. This is one of his early movies. Um, it is based on a Twelfth Night Shakespeare, a Shakespeare play from the early 1600s. And there are some sort of similarities with the character names, the place names and that, that sort of thing. Um, the Stratford Junior League is named for William Shakespeare's birthplace, Stratford-on-Avon. Um, and another sweet fact that I thought that I was really warmed by was that when they were holding auditions for the role of Duke Orsino, Amanda Bynes fought for the producers to choose Channing Tatum 
Um, and he basically credits her for helping launch his career as an actor, which I thought was really sweet and charming. Wow. I didn't, I didn't know that I, for, for being one of his like first forays onto a big screen, I thought he was great. He's really good in this role. I also looked up his IMDb and this was filmed around the same time as step up, which I think is his like big, big movie break. Um, but I think the characters are similar here in terms of like what he starts his career playing, but I love that fact. Um, and yes, to your Shakespeare points, I love that the schools are called Illyria and Cornwall, like very direct Shakespeare, Twelfth Night references. The tarantula, tarantula named Malvolio is too funny. And then the, a little fact that I actually caught upon rewatching is that Sebastian has to be back at, um, why am I forgetting the name? Sebastian has to be back at Illyria on the 12th, which was just like a tiny little fact that I caught, but I think that the sprinklings of Shakespeare references are really good. But now that you started us on casting, let's chat chat about casting. I didn't realize that that Channing Tatum was was um really fought for by Amanda Bynes. Do you know who else was up for this role? I don't. Um, but I did read that the reason that the producers were sort of waffling on choosing him is that he was um, older than a lot of the other actors that they'd already cast. So. Um, that had something to do with it. But Amanda apparently thought he would be perfect. And I think he is. Okay. So he was 26 and Amanda Bynes was 20. And I assume that all of the younger actors in the cast were around their young 20s. I can't believe he's 26 in this. He doesn't look 26 at all. He looks so young. I mean, I think he looks so young because we know what he looks like now. So in retrospect, he does look young. <laughs> That's I nothing that's to say true. about that's nothing to say that I he love Channing looks, Tatum. He does not look bad now. He looks great now, but I think it's sort of a retrospect thing. And if you if you sort of look at the cast as a whole, he does look a little older than what a high school student would typically look like. Yeah. I okay. I think that's fair. I do think this is him. I don't want to say it's like his prime, but I just think he looks great. Like he his acting is good. It's around his step up era and like my ideal Channing Tatum is honestly Channing Tatum and step up. I know a lot of people will probably say, I don't know, like Magic Mike or something like that, but I love this version of Channing. I so agree. I, I will say this is sort of, this is in his pre-Magic Mike era. Magic Mike was made or released in 2012. So this is a little bit before that. And he hasn't quite hit his sort of sex appeal peak quite yet in this movie. Mm -hmm. And it's so crazy. As I was reflecting on the cast, I would actually say most of these actors stuck in the 2000s. You know, obviously Amanda Bynes didn't continue her career, but Channing Tatum is a huge, huge star. Like he was just in a huge summer flick with Sandra Bullock. You know what I mean? Like his career is just like totally taken off. If if anything, if you look back, like he's the star of this cast, not Amanda Bynes, which is really surprising. Yeah, that I that would that's definitely something that if you asked me in 2006, who the biggest star of this movie would be in 10, 15 years, I definitely would have said Amanda Bynes. But um, I agree with you that I think she's perfectly cast. I think she does a great job and her comedic timing is perfect. I do wonder, I kept wondering this as I was watching the movie, if she improvised a little bit. I, I don't know if her lines are improvised, but I have to think like her expressions and her reaction reactions to things are completely her interpretation. Um, also, this movie reminded me of 
the Amanda show. I don't know if you watched it, but I used to always turn it on. Did you did you watch that show? I mean, I've seen the a Amanda, couple Amanda, episodes, Amanda, but Amanda, I'm Amanda yeah. show. <laughs> it reminded me of that. Um and also all that, but I, I didn't see a ton of episodes of either. So I'm, I don't think I'm the most qualified to comment. I think you have us covered there. So I was going to say, like, I think her humor here really reflects the Amanda show, which is, which is why I think I was like, oh, this is definitely aspects of her real personality. I don't think we have to go through the entire cast. So I live in Los Angeles and I see like a decent amount or amount of, people in entertainment at my gym <laughs> and Toby goes to my gym. And I remember the first time I saw him, I was looking at him just like dead in the eye and nobody was else was looking at him. And I was just like, do I know him from somewhere? Like he looked so familiar and it was really, really bugging me. And he made direct eye contact with me. And so like, I was just thinking about it. And then I, it hit me when it hit me. I remembered Eunice and then I was like, it's Toby. Um, but two, he must get recognized by millennial girls, specifically my age, all the time. That is and so he so must have looked funny. at me and been like, <laughs> this girl knows who I am. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. That's so hilarious. Um, the other actor, which I, I think, you know, a ton of millennials will recognize is David Cross, who plays Principal Gold. I love um, him in this. Yeah, same. Obviously, he is Tobias Funk in um, Arrested Development. Um, and that is where most people will know him from. I think he's so good in this role. I don't want to spoil. I want to go through one of his scenes in my in my favorite scenes references, but he did improvise a lot for this. I do recall that. Totally. I thought he was hilarious. Ooh, one thought I had about Channing Tatum before we move on to other cast members is he sort of lisps a little in this role. I don't know if you noticed that. And I, I wonder if that's something he did just for this role Does he? or if he actually has a little bit of a lisp in real life. Did you not notice that? I didn't, but I wonder if he has a lisp in real life. And because this was, was his like big movie break, he got nervous and was lisping. Could be. Because could it's be. so subtle. Like, oh, I yeah. feel like I, if it was I more never, of a choice, never noticed it, would be, it before. I'm going to have to rewatch a scene or two now and, and look out for that list. That's so interesting. Um, okay. Settings, locations, anything you wanted to say there? Um, I think not not too much to say about the setting and locations. This was mostly filmed in Canada and there's sort of nothing really stand out about, about any of the locations. Um, but one thing actually I will say before we move on from casting really quick is I thought Vinnie Jones, who played the coach, the soccer coach at Illyria, is so funny. Like, I think he's hilarious. Yeah, I think he's really good. I thought he was a standout in terms of like the rest of the cast. I just thought he played his role really well, especially in the final soccer scene with Illyria versus Cornwall. Um, totally. And then to your point about Canada. Yeah, I think most of this was filmed at a high school in Vancouver. Okay, let's move to the fun stuff. I have so many favorite quotes, but maybe we should start with favorite scenes. And I think favorite quotes will come from those. Mine are tied, at least. I'm sure yours are, too. Totally. But what do you have on your list? For scenes or quotes? Um, let's do scenes. Okay. Okay. 
I have got to say the tampon up the nose scenes are. Oh my gosh, I have that there. <laughs> like, why are those so funny? I will say there were a lot of cringe moments, especially with the clunky dialogue in this movie. But just some of the scenarios that they come up with while cringe are so funny. <laughs> I need to know who wrote this movie in the sense that I just think that this is like, it's such a good portrayal of what girls think guys are like, especially if like they're sort of weird. You know what I mean? <laughs> especially that very first scene. So one of my favorite scenes actually is when she steps onto the Illyria campus and she's walking through like these boy dorm hallways and there are, are like footballs flying and people are doing weird things and she's really terrified but she has to get in her dorm room and she meets the three boys for the first time including duke and she's just like acting in this way that she thinks guys act which i just think is hilarious I so agree, and I just think it's so funny. So I just looked this up quickly, and this movie was written by one man and two women. And I just can't imagine what teenage boy would say all of the lines that Amanda Bynes says as she's pretending to be a man. It, I just love it. I just love it, which makes me wonder if Amanda Bynes was, like, riffing some of the things. But who the women who wrote this, the jokes are so good. Like, they resonate in my soul. <laughs> like, like just the stuff she's oh, – oh, I have a really good example. I'll tie this into a quote. When she's meeting the guys, and she obviously looks, like, really young, and Toby goes, no, seriously, how old are you? And she goes, I skipped a couple grades. I'm brilliant. Shh. And then oh she my sits God. on the mattress. That is my and like fa- that is literally off. my first favorite <laughs> quote. I thought it was so funny. <laughs> she be- she tries to sit on the mattress. She bounces off and she sort of like regroups. And then somebody says something else. And then she goes, Shvit. Sandra and Toby, they live next door. Yeah. Freshman dorms that away, Twiglet. Seriously, how old are you? I skipped a couple grades. <laughs> like the stuff she says is just like exactly like it's just I, I don't know how to describe that like type of humor, but it's it's like it's just I don't know if this is a super I millennial, know, but I just so thought it was tough. the fun her reactions are so funny. <laughs> or in that same scene, one of my favorite quotes is when she goes when she's asking if um, any of the other people, any of the, her other doormates play soccer. And she goes, so you play the beautiful game, bro, brothers, brethren, like, <laughs> brethren? Who, sorry, but who <laughs> says that? Do you know when a uh, soccer tryout start? Noon. You play? Absolutely. Center forward. You know, bro. So, uh, you play the beautiful game, bro, brothers, brethren? <laughs> It's so good. Um, I also have to, I think we're just going to have to mesh quotes, soundtrack, and scenes because we have to do a shout out for that specific song that plays when she's walking into the dorm for the first time, which is Good Girl, Bad Boy by Junior Senior, which is mm, such so a good, good song. And it's such a good intro song for the chaos that that she encounters as she enters the boys' dorm. And then, of course, the tampon scene is sort of like tacked onto that when when the tampons fall out of her boot. And they're like, what is that? But also, why why is this the excuse she thinks of? I would never come up with this in a million years. 
Right? Like I would have just said, oh, my sister must have put it there as a prank. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. That's what so I would funny. have said instead. I know, but then it's a really fun, like full circle moment when we have Channing Tatum stuff it up his nose after he gets a nosebleed, which is just it's so good. <laughs> so true. I agree. And to rewind a little bit, if we're doing our favorite scenes, like a slash quote slash soundtrack now in order. I think it's so iconic at the beginning when she gets in a fight with Justin around, you know, he doesn't think girls should be trying out for for the boys soccer team at Cornwall. And he just goes, Viola, end of discussion. And she goes, fine, end of relationship. And I just, oh, like the zingers, the zingers, especially with Justin. And there's another one in the carnival scene that I know you wrote down are just they're just so perfect and just so teenage you know what i mean they're, they're just so i actually good. i'm i actually wrote down channing Ta one of channing tatum's lines in the carnival scene which i think is hilarious <laughs> okay save it for the carnival scene because we're gonna have so much to say say in the carnival scene i think i have to do a little bit of a shout out for like tinier quotes i was trying to encompass like just what it is about like uh, i'm gonna say amanda Bynes, but viola's sense of humor in this movie but it's just the little thing she says like i'll give you another example we said we said spiet um and you said the brethren joke but do you remember in the bathroom when she's in the bathroom with um what's the weird guy's name like the goody two-shoes malcolm malcolm she's in the bathroom with malcolm and duke comes in and she has tried to shower so she's unwrapped like her her like boob strap and duke goes hey you forgot this and he like hands it to her and she just goes we're demon and she does this weird like skip out of the bathroom it was i swear 7 30 a.m this was like the first thing i did before i started my work day and my neighbor lives below me and i had to stop myself because i actually was doing like full body laughs at those just like little stupid one-liners that i just think amanda Bynes is so good at we're demon <laughs> oh my um, gosh amazing okay so i do think we need to talk quickly about the transformation scene not because i think it's one of my favorite scenes but just because it's a good scene it is a good scene and this is just there were there were just tons of sort of transformation movies and transformation scenes in the late 90s and early 2000s obviously obviously i think the goated transformation scene is princess diaries which we've already done an episode on but this i do think the part where they try on all the sort of different facial hair on her face is pretty funny i love that scene what i actually loved about that scene because i do agree i think there are better makeover scenes the princess diaries being one i love the lazy mcguire makeover scene too oh when she's shopping such in Italy. a good one it's, I and love then the that. music in that scene it's oh, so good actually i actually feel really strongly about this we need to do an episode on that movie because i actually love that movie it's such a good movie um but I view those scenes as sort of different categories. However, I do, again, that Amanda Bynes humor. I love when she's walking behind all of the men and copying them. 
And again, it's just one of those moments where I'm like, did they just throw her on set? And they were like, oh, just follow the guys around and like Im improvise a little bit because it's just so funny. But I love that little piece. I so agree. I think it's a cute makeover scene. I do love the dynamic between her, Kia, Yvonne and Paul. I just think it's a fun foursome. Totally, totally. Um, the next scene I want to shout out is the pizzeria scene where um, Paul and the and the and the girls sort of work together to make Viola slash Sebastian cool. New school, new babe pool. <laughs> That's such a funny line. I honestly, I love. I think that my the carnival scene is my favorite, but I do think the new school new babe pool scene is a very close second i just think it's so funny It is so fun. I mean, it's it's like a ridiculous scene and there's some sort of anti-feminist content in there, but it is funny, which makes me feel badly for liking it so much. I know. I think it's made okay because Sebastian is actually a woman and these are two of her closest friends. And it's, if you think about it, it's totally ridiculous. It's also being orchestrated by like her hairdresser, who I don't think is a high schooler. This is in my this bones, is to, in pick. My my bones to pick. My general confusion around Paul. So like, confused. I was honestly like, what, how are you friends? Why are you besties? Yeah, I so agree. But I also love the different song choices for when Kia walks in versus when Yvonne walks in. I love that Toby first starts talking about Eunice and his love for Eunice and we get Eunice popping up in that scene. Um, it's yeah, just they really, really lay the scene. groundwork for the Toby Eunice pairing, which I think is funny. <laughs> and they also give the sort of like sickest burn in this entire movie in that scene which i'm just oof i i not that i'd forgotten the line but the delivery is just so funny i mean it's a terrible line but it's funny um when monique comes up to or is walking by the table where channing tatum and his friends are sitting i know goes, exactly what you're gonna the say guy, the guy who's sitting next to channing tatum hits on her and she goes girls with asses like mine do not talk to boys with faces like yours <laughs> and Channing Tatum is trying not I actually looks like he's genuinely trying not to crack up the entire time I mean obviously a, a ridiculous line but it is so funny it's so funny I think Monique is just bitchy in the perfect the perfect way but I so agree I love that line I think her <laughs> delivery so is so so spot on it's so funny i agree i agree um okay we have to talk about the carnival scene i think the carnival scene is my personal favorite i think it's when everything sort of comes to a head and obviously it's when viola and duke real viola not viola sebastian but they meet um and kiss for the first time there are so many little things i love about this scene one the only outfit that i thought was notable aside from uh, Viola's white dress at the debutante lunch is Duke's Ducati outfit. I think it's just like 
Oh, yes. it's so oh, good. We haven't, we haven't, gotten, you can't we see. haven't <laughs> gotten there. We'll talk about this when we get to outfits and style, but literally you called out the two only outfits that I loved yep. in this movie. Just yeah. that we are okay. so on the we'll same We'll save, we'll save, we'll save. Um, but it's such a, ugh, just the chaos of the scene, the music that's playing with Ooh La La by Goldfrapp and then Spun by Flipside when things start getting more chaotic. Um, the, I mean, the scene where she's, she's changing in the whirling teacups and her sideburn gets stuck on a, on a little girl and she just like rips it off and she goes, stay in school. <laughs> it's like so funny. That's so funny. <sighs> My, my favorite line from that whole carnival situation is when, um, Duke confronts Justin the ex-boyfriend and he goes what are you gonna do drown me in your tears and I <laughs> I have literally never come up with a comeback that good in my life well what the hell is this I don't mind bubble excuse me doofus you're making out with my girlfriend ex-girlfriend oh you're you're Sebastian's sister and you're about to die <laughs> what are you gonna do drown me in your tears I did not cry during that game. I had something in my head. I love that, but it's contrasted by another one of my favorite quotes from that scene, which is when Duke is about to go in for his kiss with Viola, but he's awkward. And the little, the like annoying little kid behind him goes, you don't have to flirt first, genius. You're paying for it. And Duke goes, why don't you just relax? <laughs> But like Janet Tatum, I think has really good delivery in that line. Um, I also love when Justin and Viola, when when Justin pulls Viola aside when he sees her for the first time, and he's basically like, "Why are you being like this?" And he says, "Be a girl for five seconds." And she does that move where she counts down to five, and then at the end she says, "Look at that!" And she slaps him. One breaks up over a stupid soccer issue, okay? Can you just be a girl for five seconds, huh? For five seconds? Okay, um, first of all, it's not a stupid soccer issue, and you're a jerk. Oh, look at that! Like, these little moments, I just think... It's all of the little things about this movie that make me love it so much and that make it so funny. The little funny moments. So agree, so agree. Um... Others are we other do you want to talk about other scenes we love? I have two more. Okay. I really love the debutante lunch fight. Specifically, actually my favorite part about that scene is when they're eating lunch and the camera keeps flipping back and forth between Viola, who is just being foul. <laughs> chewing her chicken leg and um olivia being perfect but i love also when the debutante leader leans into viola and she goes chew like you have a secret and amanda pines just smiles as she's chewing her chicken leg oh my gosh i missed that I, i'm gonna it's have to rewatch so it. funny um but i i just love that scene i feel like it's a i love i love the final confrontation of sort of monique um, Olivia and Viola slash Sebastian and also Viola realizing that Olivia is in love with her, not Duke. I will say I have been in a lot of girls' bathrooms and I have never seen anything like this cat fight. 
It's Have crazy. You? I mean, it's just so wild. And also Monique's timing, the fact that she sort of listens for a full like two or three minutes before she intervenes. And then I all of their outfits sort of pleasingly coordinate like Viola's in white and then Monique and Olivia are in pink and blue. So it all sort of sort of goes together. It's just and also I I did read in sort of my research that while there were stunt doubles for the fight scenes, what actually ended up on screen is mostly just the three actresses just slapping the shit out of each other. Really? Oh, that's funny. I have to say, I obviously we think Amanda Bynes is perfectly cast in this movie. I think Monique is also perfectly cast. Olivia, I think is just okay. I And I think that might be the nature of the character who's a little bit mild mannered and who I find slightly annoying. But I don't know. I just feel like she wasn't a standout for me. I can see why you feel that way about her, but I I think it's just the nature of the role. You know, she's just yeah, maybe like a, a nice, yeah, she's just your girl next door. You know, there's nothing too much. They, they didn't write a lot of character development for her. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, did you have any other notable scenes? Oh, well, obviously the game scene, the final game scene. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? I just so many moments so many quotes in this scene that I just I mean I cannot um I love I love a lot of the the lines in this scene where her mom goes or I can't remember whether her mom and dad or, or dad says this but they go is it just me or does this soccer game have more nudity than most <laughs> Just me, or does this soccer game have more nudity than most? <laughs> and then cut, to, such a cut to Eunice. Oh, go ahead. I I also think, oh, when Eunice says, yes, I cut, love. Cut to Eunice, yeah. who goes, soccer is the world's favorite sport. <laughs> That's my boy. Soccer is the world's favorite sport. Oh, Eunice is the best. Um, it's also such a choice that they made the parents like uptight British people. I can't. Um, um, I do they have British or American accents? I can't remember. No, I th I think they, no, I think they have, have American, American accents. accents. I just think the mom is so uptight that you get that vibe. Yeah, I think the parents are like caricatures of parents, actually. But I love. I mean, the final scene is just so good, especially the swap outs. Even like the soccer scenes when Viola finally gets to play are so good. I think her speech is really heartfelt and comes across well. And I just love that the reveals are like nudity based. It's so funny. <laughs> I mean, totally. But I, this will come in bones to pick, but just a bizarre way to do it. I think like four of my bones to pick are with the final scene. But that being said, I actually don't think I would change anything about the final scene. I, I just, I just think it's, it's such a good way to sort of like close out at least the soccer thread of Viola coming to fruition as an amazing player, you know? And of course we have the coach who is a feminist hero. <laughs> Oh my gosh. What I, what I will say is, so I read it, I read in my research that Amanda Bynes hadn't really played any soccer before this movie. And she does a lot of her own sort of stunt work. And she and Channing Tatum did a lot of practicing to make 
uh, all the shots work for this movie and it, they actually look quite good and there are a couple moves which i mean maybe may have been done by channing tatum or the actor who plays justin or by a stunt double but there's actually channing tatum probably did because of his sort of dancing skills do the the flip you know that part where he oh the, yeah, a ball yeah, yeah. goes out of bounds and then he flips mm -hmm. over the soccer ball before he throws it over his head i was like oh mm -hmm. so cool and then the part where um justin had saved the goal and he sort of does that like back i don't up remember the, if it's the, a back flip or yeah, a front he does flip like a flip off, off the of goal, the goal. Post. yeah i so agree i actually loved those touches um and you're so right. I actually do think there there are some moments where you can see that a stunt double has swapped in for some people, but for the most part, it actually looks like they did a lot of those stunts sort of straight through or at least a, a large chunk of the playing straight through. I also just think the soccer scenes in this movie are really good, like the practice scenes um, when Viola and Duke are practicing together, when Viola's practicing alone. I just think they're really fun. And I love the soccer tryout scene when she's dying and everybody else is so good <laughs> and she is just like what have i gotten myself into i i agree i love the soccer scenes we'll get there but the music they choose for all the soccer scenes is so a plus everything is so perfectly matched love that i think let's chat about the soundtrack briefly but before we go into that there are two quotes that we have to talk about and one of them is the one that i just i genuinely think i think about this quote once a week and it's it's when viola and duke are role-playing duke talking to a girl and she's like oh you can talk about anything and so she says do you and viola as sebastian she goes do you like cheese or he asks her if she likes cheese and she goes, my favorite's Gouda. And I think about this quote all the time. I think every millennial woman quotes this once a week. Okay, just start flowing. Mm. Oh, um, questions about what? Anything, ask me if I like cheese. Um, okay. Do you like cheese? Why, yes I do. My favorite's Gouda. Oh. That is so true. I think it's belief. so funny. And I also love the two follow-ups when Channing Tatum asks that of two different actresses, obviously of Olivia at their weird failed double date, and then of Eunice in one of their lab sessions. Yeah. <laughs> he goes, so you like cheese? And then, and then Eunice says, more than almost any other animal byproduct. <laughs> you know, we didn't mention Eunice in casting, but I, I think that character is played really, really well. Eunice is just so weird yet so lovable. And she has some really good one-liners, I think. Um, oh, they're so, and, so good. And the second quote that I just loved because of Amanda Bynes' delivery was when Duke starts asking her for advice about Olivia and he pulls her aside as Sebastian, of course, and she goes, I'm here for you, bruh. I got a lifetime of knowledge. <laughs> she like says it in that way. Oh, 
get out of my way right now. Uh, I need your advice, man. I got lady trouble. I'm here for you, bro. Got a lifetime of knowledge. Oh, I, I love her line delivery. It's so funny. So funny. <laughs> I got a lifetime of knowledge. I can't remember exa- exactly which scene it is, but I think it's it's one of the scenes where Sebastian, Viola as Sebastian is being hit on by a girl and one of Channing Tatum's friends goes, some guys just walk in the light, you know? And I <laughs> laughed out loud. Gosh, oh, also, I, I did love that quote too. So funny. We also did not, um, we didn't mention maybe the most memeable moment of the entire of the entire movie, but the gym scene when Channing Tatum flips open the flip phone. Oh my gosh, with his head. Yes, it's so <laughs> funny. I, you know, this is another one of those movies where I could say almost every scene was a favorite scene because again, it's just those little, it really is about the mannerisms in this movie. It's the way Duke does certain things. It's the way Amanda delivers her line. It's the way Eunice delivers her line. It's just, that's why it works. I think that's what makes this movie so fun to watch. Yeah. Oh, also one of my favorite scenes is the, is um malcolm's tarantula malvolio getting into duke and viola's room oh yeah and they're freaking out (laughs) Uh, oh gosh i i also really liked that one um okay we have started talking about this but i mean obviously it's a great soundtrack i think we've mentioned a couple of the songs um but gosh i mean I, I, my first thought actually, as the movie started and as it progressed was, I know all of the words to the songs. I recognize them basically instantly. Even that first song, which is No Sleep Tonight by the Faders. I heard it and I was just like, yeah, I've watched this movie about 20 plus times. Oh my gosh. I know what's about to happen here. (laughs) I just think this soundtrack is so of an era, but actually in the best way. And for me, the the soundtrack- Totally. For me, the soundtrack is what holds up the most. I I just, I've literally been listening to it on repeat since I watched it a few days ago. It's just so funny. Um, some call outs, um, bad to the bone when she arrives in Illyria for the first time um, in boys clothes, obviously throwback to our first episode when, um, when Hallie shows up to the poker scene in the parent trap which I honestly think is the best use of that song in any movie, but this is also a fun use of it. Um, Hannah brought up Good Girl, Bad Boy by Junior Cedar when she gets to the dorms in Illyria. And I remember thinking to myself, great song, but is this actually what goes on in boys' dorms? We wouldn't know. (laughs) This This is what women think goes on in boys' dorms, which is why I think this is a good scene. Yeah, totally. Actually, that's what I love about this. It's all, to me, it actually is through the female gaze, most of this movie. Oh, I so, so agree. And I will say the the soundtrack is super upbeat for the most part, and it really keeps the movie moving. Like it really keeps it snappy and and upbeat and light and tight, which I do really appreciate. Um, I think there are some definitely other standout songs in this movie. Um, one of my favorites is International by Chelly Tuna when they're training for soccer. That song is Ugh. a straight up banger. I was playing that song when I was doing my sprints today. Yes. It's, it's so, so it's such an upbeat. It's just perfect for the scene, which is 
obviously when Viola starts training with Duke, but I love that song. Um, also the soccer, soccer tryout montage song, jump up if you feel all right. Love that. Um, but I actually think the two songs that I, I think of no sleep tonight when I think of she's the man, but I also think of let go by Dave Lichens. Like that is the song that I think of. Oh my god! You know what song I'm talking about, right? It, uh, yeah. Wait, which song is which? Which scene is that in? When you let go and let life take you where it wants to, give up control. Whoa! What Come scene on. is that in? It's um, it's supposed to be. I think it's it's when um Olivia kisses actual Sebastian. Oh yes, I'm on the same page as you now. That's so funny. That is not one of the scenes. That is not one of the songs I picked out. Do you know, however, which song I've literally listened to fifty times since I watched this? Watch this. Movie I think a couple it's days either ago? it's either "Love and Memories" or "Dirty Little Secret." It's neither. Although those are good. Really, ones. it's "Forever" by the Veronicas. I remember Wait, loving it. this song in high school. It's like, come on, baby, we ain't gonna live forever. forever. Yeah, it's the one during the carnival scene when they, when she's yeah, sort of like yeah. changing and running yeah, around. Yeah. Yes, I loved that entire album in high school. I have literally played that song on repeat for the last couple of days. Love it. Okay, that's a really good song, and that should have made it onto my soundtrack highlights highlights list. I have to say, it's just that like all of these songs, as you were saying, they're a moment in time. I don't know if I would pluck these out as like the song of the decade, but they absolutely remind no, me. No, the but 2000s. they 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 just go with this movie, and they're they're like yeah, pretty, they're bangers. Like I've been listening to it. Also, great call out, dirty little secret, all American rejects at the beginning of the final game scene. I mean, mm -hmm. if that if there is there is any other song that sort of like encapsulates growing up in New Jersey and sort of the early to mid two thousands, this All American Reject song is it. I mean, it's so good. I I completely agree, and I will be I think continuing to listen to this soundtrack moving forward. I just I just think it's great. And oh goes my gosh! With the yes, so well. and then the the All American Reject song during the outro, "Move Along," when they're sort of mm -hmm. do, at the yes. At the final. Oh, I oh, love the outro. Great song, great song. Uh, good call out. Um, yeah, I actually think All Amer American Rejects. If I could think of like the songs that are probably the most would think of if I thought of the 2000s from this movie, it's all American rejects. But I agree, I love Move Along with the final montage. Oh my gosh, Han, total side comment and you'll know who I'm talking about. And she is also one of our most loyal listeners, so she will know what I'm talking about. But my best friend from middle school got married two weeks ago and um, sort of towards the end of the night, the, the groom asked the um, DJ to play some sort of like early to mid 2000s alternative hits and the collective crowd who grew up in new jersey slash pennsylvania lost their damn minds <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny oh i love that they did that that's such a good touch um speaking of 2000s i think now is a good time to briefly talk about the outfits, the style in this movie. I mean, this movie is just straightforward chick flick 2000s. You know, there's lots of low slung jeans. There's lots of skinny strap tank tops. 
But I think I mentioned the two outfits that I love the most, and it seems like you agree with me. First is definitely the first outfit that I was like, wow, yes, this is the moment is Duke in that Ducati leather jacket, the white tee and those jeans and the buzz cut at the carnival game. I was oh, like, it's again, so, like this movie was written by so a woman. So good. Like literally, <laughs> uh, it's so good. I love that jacket. Where can we get that jacket? We need that jacket. It's just, it's, well, most of this, most of this movie obviously is, is uniforms, whether it's a soccer uniform or the Illyria uniform, but I just thought that outfit was so good. One, holds up today. Absolutely. Two, looked amazing on Channing and also like who Duke as a character was, but also three, it just is so like what a girl would say a hot guy is wearing. And that's why I loved it. You know? <laughs> oh my gosh. That's like, so funny. It was funny. just too spot on. <laughs> and then my second thought um it's just that white dress the debutante lunch i just love the thick strap into the corseted dress but it really is i think those straps that make the dress look so cool yes the strap looks amazing so on her. so cool and i wear a ton of white dresses in the summer and i was like this this is the one how is this dress so good mm -hmm. but i think those were really my two call outs from this movie everything else i thought was just like very sort of 2000s teen movie yeah and i don't think this movie is about the outfits or the style so that's totally fine with me i will say one thing that i was thinking was um i was looking at olivia and viola's eyebrows throughout the entire movie and i just forgot maybe that everybody's eyebrows used to be so skinny they're thin. I completely agree. And it's actually called out because she puts on more. She puts on an eyebrow sticky because her eyebrows are so thin for a for, a, I guess, quote unquote, for a guy. Um, but I mean, we also have to shout out. I just love the Viola slash slash Sebastian look with like the sideburns and the wig. I wonder how many different looks they tried for that. But she just looks so funny and she does look so young as as sebastian totally um so are you ready to talk about bones to pick i i am i have quite a few here a lot i have to say are grouped into the final illyria cornwall game um but let's what what's first on your list let's let's save the f the game until maybe our mm -hmm. last round of bones to pick because there's just yeah. so many there <laughs> Oh my goodness. Well, my first bone to pick is, are these the most neglectful parents in the world that they don't notice that their one kid is not in the country and their other kid is at the wrong school? And also major plot hole, where is Viola going to school at this time? Isn't she supposed to be at school? And if she wasn't kicked out of Cornwall, is she supposed to be at Cornwall? And if she didn't show up for classes, why didn't the school call her parents? Like, that's a major plot hole. That's actually, <laughs> I didn't even notice that. that that's such a good point there's no there's no one filling in for viola she's just totally, totally and then for her brother yeah. and then at the end of the movie she just like magically has another spot at this like boarding school you know like it just magically appears they're like oh you're on the soccer team great like we'll just add another place for you a couple weeks into the semester that's so true i never i actually did not pick up on that at all but you're totally right about the parents the parents are pie in the sky who knows what they're doing i 
again, this is this is sort of among the lines of I think like our parent trap thoughts, which is just like, how do you not know what's going on here? You know, <laughs> like not even an inkling. Oh my gosh, so many just it's just so many plot holes. What happened there? Um, the first one I actually have, I think I mentioned already, but it's why are they all friends with like a 30 year old hairstylist that only seems to hang out with high schoolers that is like it works so, it works with the movie so true and then also her friends kia and i forget all their other names but yvonne yvonne but it's not explained how she knows them so like do they go to cornwall and if so like do do all the cornwall and Illyria students hang out in the same place like is that pizzeria just the place to be and like <laughs> they only how, hang out at the pizza how do they how are they all <laughs> excellent friends with this hairdresser who's like clearly has a real job it's just really confusing to me yeah that part to me was just something that i think when i first watched this probably as a teenager i was like this makes a ton of sense and i'm not even going to question it upon rewatch i'm like he's involved he's orchestrating you know the kia yvonne new school new babe pool scene he's doing her makeovers like he has a full-time job but actually he's not doing his job <laughs> Like he's just hanging out for most of the movie, waiting to be called in to do makeovers. So agree. I have literally no idea what happened there, but it is entertaining to watch. I do think he's a funny character. Yeah, he's a good character. Um, another bone I have to pick is at the end, at the end, everyone just gets paired off, which again, I think just like works with a movie. But the fact that Olivia falls in love with Viola's personality, like Viola, let's get this straight. Viola is not acting like Sebastian in this movie. Viola is acting like Viola playing a boy. Like, but at, at the end of the day, Olivia falls in love with Viola. She falls in love with Viola's personality, not Sebastian's. I mean, like the only reference I think was like the song lyrics, but then at the end of the movie, they just like, they're paired off. You know what I mean? And I just remember thinking at the end of the movie, one, this is of course such like a heterosexual movie because it's the 2000s, but two, she fell in love with Viola. She did not fall in love with Sebastian. Like that is my takeaway from this movie. I so agree. I another plot hole but one we will just let go you just gotta let it go what else do you have <laughs> this is a funny one which i think will make you giggle but maybe this is just like me never having been to a bathroom in a boy's dorm i guess but why is it that none of the shower heads are enclosed like it seems unlikely it looks like a prison bathroom and not a bathroom Wait, and it's so like a true. like a posh boarding school like that being yeah, said like, like why, we didn't go why to boarding are... school so i don't know but like yeah. why does this look like a prison bathroom well everything's just communal like literally everything is communal down to the showers which was confusing to me i have to say and also on the on the same topic of sort of like bathroom, locker room, etc. How is nobody else seeing the faces that Amanda Bynes makes when she's like looking at Channing Tatum's cut abs? <laughs> 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 They're just so obvious. Yeah, it's so good. I, I, I also love that the beginning of the scene where she has kissed Duke and they're in the gym and she's like starting to have a crush on him. And they're both at the they're both doing like a bench press and she's just staring at him to do a bench press until he stops and turns to her and she sort of like grunts and pretends that she just lifted her like 10 pound bar. 
<laughs> while he's doing 225. It's so good. I know. I just, I just honestly cannot. And then also, it, it totally it's went so over funny. my head when I watched this. It totally went over my head when I watched this, you know, whenever this came out. But the Olivia pillows in Malcolm's room and his collage of stalker photos are He's crazy. scary AF. Like, red flags yeah. all around. I, I completely agree. He, it's lighthearted in this movie. I think if it was taken out of the context of a comedy, it would be severely creepy. But again, in the movie, it's funny and Malcolm's character is funny. So I think it works. Um, I also had one other really small one, which is her apology to Duke is a wheel of cheese and an invite to a debutante ball, but no sorry. Like she waits until she's in person to actually deliver. She waits until he shows up actually to deliver her apology. But her apology is actually, the cheese is cute. I'll say the cheese is cute. But she doesn't say sorry. And instead she's like, you have to escort me at this lame ball. You know what I mean? Totally, totally agree. Um, oh my gosh. A huge, a huge bone to pick, which I just could not believe is, when Duke meets Viola as a girl for the first time, how does he not recognize the guy recognize he's her. currently living in, <laughs> living with? I just think it's so unlikely. So, okay. Now I think we should talk about, I have like a sort of like cluster of bones to pick, which are all kind of related to the final outing at the soccer game. But what I'm about to say directly relates back to your point about Duke not recognizing Viola as a woman. Um, I just don't, there is just a, when Sebastian actually comes back to Illyria and he's start like, he, you know, he starts getting ready, he's in the bed, whatever. And Olivia kisses him. I know she doesn't really look at Sebastian when she kisses him, but he's also like probably a foot taller than Amanda Bynes, like a foot taller than Viola. <laughs> And she just does not recognize him at all. And at the Cornwall game, I understand the face paint is sort of supposed to be like, oh, you can't recognize someone with face paint. His face paint is all smudged off at this point. And he looks different. His face looks different. And all these guys are looking at him in the broad daylight. It's like he looks like a different person. He speaks like a different person. It's just, We're just supposed to suspend reality, I think, for that point in time. But I was just like, okay, they, they don't look alike. I so agree. I, I mean, I think they did a good job of sort of matching their weird bold cuts. So it looked like they were twins, but you can clearly tell that there's a difference. They they are not identical, obviously. Completely agree. Um, and then this goes into my series of bones to pick around the final Illyria Cornwall game, which is the fact that Sebastian just goes with the day. He doesn't ask any critical questions. He doesn't like call his sister. He gets dressed because he, these random guys he doesn't know tell him to get dressed for the soccer game. He plays in the soccer game, which has thousands of people watching. Just zero questions. Okay, maybe asked not here. thousands, Hannah. Like maybe hundreds, hundreds, two hundred. Um, but yeah, there are no no critical. There's no critical thinking happen happening there. Um, also, the fact that he the principal chooses to like do this really public outing of the Sebastian Viola secret at this, at the very first soccer game of the season versus a private meeting with their parents to be oh was just my sort gosh. of like, okay. Yes. This would <laughs> never fly 
nobody would ever choose to have this confrontation in the middle of the game seems like a very private matter also Mm -hmm. why does he go for the megaphone (laughs) to to out this i mean the whole thing is so bizarre and honestly i feel like if this actually happened in real life this would be a lawsuit it would just never happen it would just never happen what else did, what else did you have on your list around the final game and the Sebastian Viola situation? I mean, maybe not related to the Sebastian Viola situation, but just a a comment about the game in in particular. I'm no expert on soccer, but I imagine that there's just a lot of fouls in that scene. There's a lot of like shoving and pushing and elbowing. There's just that are just illegal moves. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I did. I did notice that. Also, there are just themes of that throughout the movie that it's like you could do anything at, at this prep boarding school, sort of soccer league. People are making people cry. Like it's like open season. It's honestly so weird. Like, why is this massive emotional confession going down in the middle of the match? Like, it's honestly I was like oh my gosh it's so cringe to make such a scene like this but I guess you know you do it for the drama of a movie it just that's what you know the emotional crux of the movie but I was watching this in total disbelief Mm -hmm. I and don't get me wrong I love the final scene but it's completely unbelievable from beginning to end (laughs) oh totally oh also another bone to pick is the parents are asking for each other's cell phone numbers and emails when they walk away if you are co-parenting your children wouldn't you have that information already yep yep i mean these are absent parents that and maybe this is a trend you know in the movies we're watching <laughs> they're just and and honestly lizzie mcguire movie parents nowhere in sight haven't been called oh nope. my god no clue so what's going true. on <laughs> Oh my gosh, that. Also in the Gouda scene where Sebastian, real Sebastian delivers the wheel of cheese to Duke in their dorm room. You know what I thought? How much does a wheel of Gouda cost? It's probably so expensive. Like I would actually think that's an $80 wheel of cheese. Don't you think? I mean, I think it's more than $80. I literally want to Google this right now. Let's see. So a wheel of Gouda is usually around 10 pounds. A 26 pound wheel of Gouda costs about 200 euro at the least. Oh my gosh, $250. This is is, crazy. This is not a cheap gift. And also, who is going to eat this much cheese in one go? Or maybe not in one go, but how does one even get through this much cheese as a single human? You know, it's a gesture. Her favorite Scooter. <laughs> um, do you have any final thoughts on other bones to pick? Um, one very minor bone to pick is that the um, the dress code for the debutante ball is clearly all the debutantes in white. And Viola comes out in green. And I understand she does that because she is, you know, the star of the movie and is a rebel. But I doesn't doesn't her mom pick the dress? Doesn't her mom know that the dress is supposed to be white? <laughs> I didn't realize that was a rule, but I I just thought the movie like needed her to be different, and so they did things differently. But 
it probably is true that like Viola wouldn't have picked her own dress for the debutante ball because she didn't care about the debutante ball you know so true oh which my- is also like why does she care about Duke escorting her you know it's all very strange oh one other thing I have to, actually I have two other bones to pick that are mostly just comments um when Olivia confesses her feelings to, to Sebastian kisses him and then runs away who does that who confesses their feelings and then immediately <laughs> runs away without waiting for a response it's while she's so on a jog by the way she's <laughs> like literally so on a jog bizarre and then also like maybe this is just me not having gone to a lot of carnivals in my life but especially post covid i feel like kissing the booths kissing are booth like is disgusting gross <laughs> No, especially I actually when, have that thought. Yes, especially when Olivia's like, oh, that old man is not chewing gum. And I was like, this is disgusting. And also that they're allowing a little boy to, to participate in the kissing booth, but the person kissing is like probably over 18. I don't know. Or maybe not. I guess they're all supposed to be high school age during this. But I agree. I think a kissing booth just does not exist in this day and age for really good reason. It's foul. And um, to your first point, I'm losing my train of thought. What was the first point again? About Olivia running away. Blanking. Oh, yeah. Just the fact that she clearly was on a night jog and she was like, oh, Sebastian's here. Perfect chance. I'll just do it, you know? <laughs> and then she like resumes her, her mileage. It's like crazy to me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, those are good ones. Those are good ones. Okay. I think we've gone through most of our highlights, but closing thoughts here on She's the Man. Does it hold up? Would you watch this again? I mean, obviously I would watch this again, and I have rewatched it many times. Um, Does it hold up is another question altogether. I think the the joy of this movie is that it's very of an era. I'm not Mm. sure it would be as successful a movie today. but I, I do, I thought it was a really fun rewatch. It was very nostalgic. Um, there were several problematic moments, but you know, and there were, se- I cringed several times, but other than that, I thought it was really fun, really funny. Um, and I mean, let's not lie to ourselves. We will be watching this again and again. I so agree. I probably will average watching this two times a year for the rest of my life but i completely agree this is a movie of a certain era it's such a 2000s movie i actually think a gen z watcher would tear this apart i just don't think they would like the movie totally (laughs) i so agree it's also so heteronormative and like there are some problematic things throughout that i think like if you look watch it from the lens of today it just would not fly Um, but I don't know. I just have such a soft spot for this movie. I love the casting of this movie. Again, it's, it's just completely made by Amanda Bynes and her line delivery and her facial expressions and her comedic timing. And I also think young Channing is so good in this. And to me, this is a total 2000s teen classic that I, I just don't think it's a bad movie. I, I just think it's a good movie. <laughs> you know, I will say I just watched Barbie over the weekend, you know, three weeks mm-hmm. after everyone else. And that movie is sort of very similarly and honestly much more so very heavy handed in terms of its feminism and its feminist message. And this kind of movie, She's the Man, sort of laid the groundwork for Barbie today. 
You know, I think that's actually a really good point. I'll say this. I think there are parts of this movie that are problematic from the lens of today and also in general, but I do think the message is feminist without the over the head, we are feminists of Barbie. And I liked Barbie, don't get me wrong, but I I felt like the messaging was almost like too simplistic. I kind of like the feminist messaging and she's the man better. It was very like, I can basically do whatever I want and like watch me do it, you know? I will say one of my favorite moments in the movie is after the British soccer coach at Ilaria backs up Viola as a now that he knows that she's a girl and lets oh, her play. Oh, we don't play. discriminate based based on gender. Yeah. <laughs> Spot on <laughs> delivery hand. Um, and when he gives her the little wink after, before she runs off, I that's one of my favorite parts of this movie. I think it's really sweet. I think that's his best moment in the movie. Oh, totally, totally. Um, but yeah, I actually that's a really comp- good comparison to Barbie. And I think to go back to one of my earlier points, I just love that this movie feels so from the female point of view and lens, you know. And and I don't know if I I think that's how she interprets obviously being Sebastian. I think that the movie just that the movie is so centered on Amanda and and her view of what she needs to do to get what she wants um in this high school setting i don't know i just think it's done really well and there aren't movies like this anymore like this type of movie does not i don't think is really made anymore right like what would be a more modern day comparison aside from a barbie which i think isn't really the same type of movie no it's definitely not i mean i just maybe it's just because i don't really i guess besides barbie see a lot of chick flicks anymore that i i don't think there are chick flicks. i i like, just that's think why. that's this is such a sort of time specific genre that has not you know i think i agree with you that gen z has really moved away from embracing this type of movie and you know what i want it to come back i love a chick flick flick i love a rom-com and i'm down for more Genuinely, I watching this movie made me miss like these types of storylines. It's just so light and fun and it's an easy hour and a half. Yeah, this was a very easy rewatch, I will say. It went super quick. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that wraps our thoughts on She's the Man. As Deb said, we are in the middle of brainstorming our next few few topics for the pod and we do think we'll do some sort of Shakespeare series. What else? What other ideas? Do we, I think we wanted to do some um, remakes of classics. So maybe like a Pride and Prejudice. There are a couple yeah. versions of that that we might do. Totally. I think um, that would be a really fun, a fun episode. Hannah and I inherited our love of Jane Austen from our mom. So I think that would be a really fun series. So, you know, of course, let us know what you would want to want to listen to. And we'll take your suggestions in, into consideration. Awesome. Well, I'm trying to think of a really good Amanda Bynes goodbye line that I could say as a closer for this. But all I have in my head is, we're G-men. (laughs) (laughs) Hannah. (laughs) We'll we'll leave you with that. But we'll catch you guys on, on the next pod. And thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to our podcast, Hard to Say. 
It has been so fun to hang out with you and chat this week. We welcome your comments on this week's episode and suggestions for future topics at podcast.hardtosay at gmail.com. A great way to support this podcast is to rate and review. Be sure to stay tuned for more great content.